When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am back today with my friend, Alex Weber. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm fired up to be here with you. <laughs> awesome. Likewise, looking forward to it. So we we did a podcast, I guess it was a few weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it was super fun catching up. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you've been quite busy since then. How was uh, everything there? You, you know, it's an interesting one. It. Like, yeah, like a lot of my professional work is keynote speaking at companies, universities, uh, schools, and I love it so much. It's something where I really feel like uh, it's very in purpose. I feel very geared towards it through the chapters of my life from stand up to hosting to coaching awards to Ninja Warrior. So it's, I love it. What I also remind myself is, it, it's just like the state of the world or America is just one where we're not, everything is just with this asterisk of at any moment, it could all go away. It, it did all go away once. And so, you know, even leading up to these two events, which let's talk about them, they were two university events. So if we're talking about like, what is good for people? Here I am, the school asked me to come. I'm with these 19, 20 year old people at very impactful times in their lives where they have questions. And we have this amazing sessions together, two of like the best sessions I've had. Wow. But those were almost canceled and, and why? And that's really what we all need to figure out is like, cause I see that some events are getting canceled again. Things are getting canceled for people. And it's, we gotta just as a society start looking at what are we protecting ourselves from? And to know that it's not benign like canceling things to protect people from whatever illness is occurring, mm -hmm. there is mental and social and uh, turmoil, depression, yeah. uh, suicide. So it's like, yeah. we need to just stop thinking that it's just like a noble thing to do to shut our doors and go virtual or it's not because we're at two years in this and, and we need to start objectively weighing out what is in the best interest of human beings. Uh, that is so beautifully said, so beautifully said. And I, I remember when the lockdowns first started, you know, one of the big things I kept like screaming about was the, how the lockdowns were going to impact people's mental health, uh, yeah. not their economic, you know, their pecuniary matters, which they certainly, mm -hmm. those are very tied to, you think about uh, people trying to provide for their families and when they're not able to do that yeah. due to their state of well-being and we saw such a dramatic rise in suicides in you know mental health crises 
Um, and one of the most devastating things that we saw is, uh, you know, how the children were impacted. You know, there was yeah. a 22-point uh, decrease in uh, IQ of children during born during this time, um, and so many, you know, psychosocial impairments that were as a result of the isolation and the masks and, you know, all the other kind of things that are being voiced upon them. So a hundred percent. And it's just, you know, the kind of fail safe argument on the other side, which is really tough to debate against or not even debate, but like talk with is all right, well then, you know, people are going to catch this and die. And that's like a really, that's like a trump card. Cause it's like, how can you start talking about depression or people's livelihoods when at any time the opposing side can just drop this like, all right, well, people are gonna die. Sure. And, and, and so it is important now two years into this journey that we start kind of like looking into that argument because <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no, I-, I was gonna say, no, no, I was just gonna say like statistically and data wise, regardless of if delta or covid actually were whatever they were this one omicron is statistically not that daunting and the experience is not that rough no. so now we we like you know what i mean we need to just like progress as a people the conversation and not just get stuck in this like yeah so I, I also think that we need to be really honest about statistics. So we, we've seen now, you know, in the beginning, I can see where people could be a little bit, um, you know, I hesitate to use this word, but probably naive, you know, in looking at the data because they were fed things yeah. from their, you know, trusted news initiative. Yeah. Right? Um, and uh, they didn't necessarily dig deep into the statistics and look at how things might have been manipulated. But at this point, you know, we have so much evidence to, to indicate that the, the statistics that were initially presented or mass presented, I should say, uh, were not necessarily honest. And, yeah. you know, people, it, of course, you know, I'm not denying that there's a real implications and that there are people who have been physiologically impacted, I, I know firsthand, um, but there's throughout history, there have been illnesses, there have been mm-hmm. people, more people die of the flu, quite honestly, you know, so that's, I think the conversation needs to be what you know, what is the, I, I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, like, you know, if you're willing to trade your liberties for security, you deserve neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's really, really, uh, you know, relevant today. I think that's something people really need to examine. Um, what is it worth? Totally. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I think something else is interesting, which, like, I've had a lot of conversations. I have a lot of friends and work with a lot of people and family Mm-hmm. all over the arena so I, I, i'm not like in an echo chamber i i see both sides yeah, i live sure. both sides and one thing i've realized is and, and i've you know there's some psychologists who talk about this evidence and data is ironically really not what impacts people's opinions mm-hmm. um it's not and we do also live in an age right now where it's like you look at something regardless of where it's posted or who said it and you're like i don't know maybe Maybe it's trustworthy. Maybe it's doctored. Who the heck knows? So right. it's it's tough. What I do think is an interesting changing of the tide. So it ultimately comes into like, where do you, Courtney? Where do I? Where does anyone listening? Who do we trust? Who do we trust their opinion 
Because then if we're like, all right, you have, that's like a great quote in sports and, and I think in life too, people say like, oh yeah, he's got that player's ear. What that means is that player listens to that coach. And that's a tremendous thing. I mean, you can be a parent and a son or a daughter, you know, like if right. you have someone's ear. So it's important now because someone's got all of our ears. And the question is, do we're all listening to someone? What I think is interesting now is like CNN and some of these who are in the infrastructure of saying whatever the intended, I don't want to say narrative, but like, they're not really like bold, groundbreaking journalism. They're just kind of like saying what's on every channel, which if you say- Yeah, you've, against you've it, seen you're those like talking heads where they all say the same comment. Yeah, they all yeah. say, exactly. So CNN, who's like a leader in that, now they're starting to express more truth. Truth is neither red nor blue. It's not Republican nor Democrat. It's simply truth. Mm-hmm. As in, like I saw one clip today of like, okay, I mean, we're, we're in January 2022 here. And they're like, you know, if someone gets, uh, goes to the hospital and they have a broken leg and also COVID, that should be a broken leg. It should not be a COVID thing. And it's like, they're like, yes, like, look at us being so open-minded and progressive and, and, and diligent and critical. And it's like, this was March, 2020 stuff. This yeah. is not January, 2022. So I guess my point is, is like one, anyone coming to the truth, you're welcome at any, at, with open arms at any time. There's no shame. There's no guilt. We've all been misled to some degree. So like, come on aboard. I think where I go of a little concerning is like, why are they now like CNN? Why are they now allowing the truth to come forward? And they're you know, like, allowing a sliver. I, I really do want to make that very clear. They're That's allowing very accurate too. Um, you know, it's it's really yeah, but it's a great question as to why. And and we are yeah. seeing a lot of that where there's little droplets that are being allowed into the mass yeah. arena. Um, and I have lots of theories on uh, on that as well, like why that's happening. But I'm, I'm curious to hear them. Are you? <laughs> yeah, um, I told you. I learned. I learned this video. <laughs> I think it has a lot to you know the 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 dollar motivates a lot, and it, oh, you know yeah. a lot of this is uh, motivated and uh, uh, fomented by financial incentives, and the media, the trusted news initiative they they know that at this point there are more people waking up and so Mm -hmm. they know that their narrative you know they're 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 in the business of creating meta narratives that's why you have those Mm -hmm. copies right um because they're all pushing the same narrative and the meta narrative is really it's just another iteration of uh you know leotard who was a postmodernist philosopher um to create these uh essentially mass action lines that corral everyone around. And they know that it's crumbling. And so they're not, they're gonna lose a large portion of their audience if they don't allow some of this sure. to you know, trickle through. Um, so they well, you saw those like rankings of, it's mm-hmm. like the rankings of media. It's like Joe Rogan has 50 million and like the next competitor is like clinging to one. It's yeah. Yeah, the next competitor is actually Tucker who has 11. Yeah. Yeah, and both Joe and Tucker are in the same position where they're allowing pieces to trickle through. Um, you know, I mean, they, they're both controlled to some extent. I mean, Joe Rogan is controlled by Spotify. You know, he had a $200 million deal with Spotify. Right. So, you know, he can't, and he was taken down. A lot of these videos were taken down from YouTube. So he right. knows he can only push the envelope so much. He's doing a great job, I think, of, uh, you know, what I, what I call uh, a 
trying to target that it's the 40% persuadable middle as per, per mass psychosis mm -hmm. formation, there's 40% in the middle who are persuadable. And I think that's really who he's targeting and I commend him for that. And uh, Agreed. yeah, the same thing with, you know, like Tucker, is he's on Fox. So there's only so much that Fox is gonna allow, but he does a great job of really trying to bring as much truth as possible. And whenever he does his own independent journalistic work, uh, you know, some of his documentary work and some of his own shows, you know, he pushes that envelope even further. So, you know, I absolutely commend that. But I did, that's, I think that's some of where the motive to have somebody like CNN start to allow a little bit more of the, you know, alternative narratives from alternative from what they were promulgating back in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think in one thing I've learned and you hear people talk about this is like seeds of doubt and, mm -hmm. I was two very intelligent people that I grew up with. One, I grew up with my whole life. One, I played college lacrosse with at an Ivy League school. They think I'm absolutely bonkers crazy. They think I'm absolutely bonkers crazy. And so we never had, but we like tried having a conversation, expressing our different thoughts and opinions and beliefs and facts. And what I quickly realized is that's not going to do it. Meaning they're not going to convince me. I'm not going to convince them. It mm -hmm. ended in the same camp that we're at because I'm both advantages there's enough truth on both sides mm -hmm. there's an what do they say about a, a good lie is like 40 percent true or something like that like there's enough uh on either side so who knows what the truth is but what i have found as a as, as at least how i want to move forward with this yeah. is simply presenting truth and presenting questions to people and I think that's also what, what Joe Rogan is doing. I think that's what Russell Brand is doing. Yeah. And just allow people to decide for themselves, you know, because for just posing questions, like how we talked about this earlier. Of, okay, so we could shut down events. We could close schools again. That might be the right thing to do. But we also need to know that maybe there's going to be some really high depression, suicide if we shut down schools again. So what do you think is better or worse? And I feel like giving people just some, a nudge of think about this. Let's just think about this. You know, like the one, whatever they're proposing in Washington, that's going to be like voted on tomorrow, Washington state, yeah. where they can have a task force that can detain unvaccinated people. Okay. Let's just pick up our heads. From New York, I think Virginia it already passed actually. It passed. I think it did pass. I don't quote me on that. I'll have to look it up, but it, it was proposed in 2020 and the, uh, they are proposing it to the Senate. I think that it already passed, but I'll, I'll double check that so, one. Yeah. So this to anyone listening who, you know, your audience, Courtney, may be somewhat aligned in their thoughts, but to anyone listening, I just ask you like to check all of the branding and just ask yourself, does that make sense? If, if this vaccine, which is not a vaccine, a vaccine means you are completely immune. This is a preventative measure that people are still getting it. Yeah. So if, if it was... And the only people that were ever getting and spreading any disease were unvaccinated. I could kind of see the logic of like, all right, folks, you got to get this. And if you don't get it, don't right. get the healthy people sick. I, I could see that logic. They've now Extreme, but I could the see definition it. of vaccine. So Did yeah. They? Yes. Yeah, that's that's, that's an interesting. The uh, changed it. The CDC changed it. They also changed the de definition of pandemic. Very convenient. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, for anyone listening who may be thinking that it's a good move, I just think we've just gotten so far away from rational, logical thinking. 
No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I actually posted this, uh, I think I tweeted it yesterday and I, I posted it on some of my other social media today. But I think we also, you were talking about people who we trust, right? Like who's in someone's ear, like in mm-hmm. sports, right? And yeah. I actually think that's a huge part of the problem because we have, we've strayed so far from, you know, critical thinking and disconnected from our own mm-hmm. education. There was, and therefore, we really lack discernment. Discernment is where we're able to weave through. Yes, there's lots of lies. There's, there's sprinkles of truths. And each one of us should be able to adjudicate you know, the fact from fiction. And we're not always going to be right. But I think as a result of being spoon-fed for so long, mm-hmm. the, the masses are pretty lazy. They don't want to do that type of work and that deep diving and that, you know, really just discernment. And they're also so, they don't have the the critical thinking skills and they're also so disconnected from their intuition that they don't trust themselves to even get, you know, listen to those promptings of, hey, something here isn't right. You know, maybe I need to dig a little deeper. So I don't think we need to be trusting people. So part of the problem is I think we've got these, these experts, right? Who people idolize and everything they say is gospel. And conversely, they have these other people who they've slapped these labels on and they've demonized. And so everything they say is wrong. And that's just not true. Human beings are never all right or all Mm -hmm. wrong. They're not all good or all bad. You know, some people are more right than they are wrong. And some people are more good than bad, but but we're human and even the best and the brightest are fallible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, <clears throat> I get it of like, <clears throat> we all have our lives. And so it's like in the window that we have to get updated, yeah. it's like, all right, let <laughs> me just go to this person. And it's, it's not tell me what to think, but it's a little, if we believe in them, we trust in them. They have a proven track record more likely we're going to be like, I probably agree with you. So give me the express route. Cause I got a bill due. I got work due. I got meetings due. The kids are, you know, so, and I, and I'm in that too of like, you know, Rogan is someone who I, one thing that I think he does is he doesn't really voice his opinion very much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just very logical, but to me, why I'm like open to that. And I, and this, why I say this is just like, I understand the temptation of just listening to one or two people because that's like your guy or your lady that's like your your person that you go to um but yeah it's um i don't know i uh i i think why i'm drawn to people like russell brand people like uh joe rogan is that they to me and i'm i'm in this camp too i'm going to share more videos is almost like kind of like all right we didn't even want to go into this Mm -hmm. but this is so bananas. Let's just approach this like your neighbor. Let's just approach this like your friend. Let's just approach this like the dude or lady at the gym who's just like, what's going on here? Give me some facts. Let's figure this out. And that to me is refreshing and honest versus the like paid talking heads who are like, all right, this is our 488th show of whatever. And after the hour, like, should you be afraid of lemons? And it's just like, all right, like to me, you're not going to crack this. You, know? you should be afraid of lemons. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you might make lemonade. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I'm I, curious yeah. for you because you said like you didn't even want to go into any of this. So I'm curious, like, 
what was the moment for you? Because I knew I, I've known you for a long time. So I know yeah. you've had, your views have definitely shifted somewhat. So I remember talking to you a few years ago and we, we definitely had very different conversations. So I'm really curious, like what was that moment for you where you're like, okay, things, you know, don't seem right. What's, I want to dive into. I, I, I think the first one was just like, it did impact me mm -hmm. very deeply from the start meaning you know they canceled ninja warrior the night before you're about to compete after one year all my speaking work it got canceled for my pool competition <laughs> did that yeah 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 i was um, pretty devastated my, i'm with you um my mom had a stage four cancer so we had to figure it out from her and my sister's very immune compromised we had to figure it out from hers i uh I mean, there's, there's, there's more, uh, I had broken my hand, uh, right after those days. And so I had to like, try to figure out if I can go to a hospital to get hand surgery as they're all shutting down for COVID. And so the death, it just very immediately hit me to a point where I feel like I was invested. I wasn't just changing my work from, uh, in person to digital. Like I was like very invested in this. So my, and I bring that up to like a good friend of mine. I talked to my brother, like my desire to know what was actually occurring was very strong. Whereas what I said to one of my good friends was, I simply think, again, his work went from in-person to computer, but like his life didn't really change. He didn't really have a strong desire to like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. And even now, like, all right, you know, wear a mask when you stand up at a restaurant. But like, I think that's where a lot of people are is like, all right, their life isn't so dang, they're drastically inconvenienced that sure, whatever, you know, we'll just go along with it and it's, it's okay for the most part. But anyways, and I'm not a, I, I didn't, I still mm -hmm. don't care for politics because I think it's all just like talky talk. It's mm -hmm. all talky talk of red and blue I don't like the the idea that because I think this about economics, I have to think this about personal freedom. I, I don't I don't like how they work. All that's to say, where this really started to tip in me was this realization, and however it sounds to whoever needs to hear it or doesn't need to hear it, in my heart and my soul, I was like, there's something more going on here. There's something deeper going on here. And as I've kept listening to that, I've tried to ignore it. I've tried to distract it. I've tried to just block it out. Right. My heart and my soul has just kept going. There is something going on here that is deeply wrong, deeply, okay. deeply wrong. And so my views haven't changed. My views were always, I love people. I love celebrating people. I love, I love being honest with who you are and going after goals. And now how can I possibly stand for that okay. when there's people who are going to be thrown in encampments, when people are having to they can't go after their goals unless they put something in their body against their will. What are we talking about here? So uh, for me, it's, there's no way to not be in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And that's, uh, it, it's, it's really authentic. It, it's beautiful. And it, it's encouraging to see that at the very least, what I think the blessing of all of this is that it is waking people up to the fact that there is something wrong. Um, yeah, system is broken, or it may not have really been set up, you know, very well to begin with. But it is definitely at the very least, I think we can agree there's something very wrong going on. And there's something very broken about the system. Agreed. 
Um, and there's something that is a very anti-humanity. This is fundamentally, it goes against what is good for humanity. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, and I'm curious to ask you, Courtney, because you're so informed. <laughs> Where does this, how does this stop? Like, where does this stop? Does it stop with a, a, a court case? Does it stop in the streets with riots? Does this stop with someone losing their position, a Fauci or whoever? How does this stop? Well, I, I will pull out my crystal ball when I find it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I've been searching for a while and I, I've yet yeah. to find my crystal ball. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't have the answer for you, but yeah. I do have some thoughts on it. And you know, I really think it stops when I say the Great Awakening can best the Great Reset. And I think it yep. stops when enough people wake up and they wake up not just, you know, intellectually, um, but to me, this really is spiritual warfare. And, mm. you know, there it is warfare on every level, but at the core, it's spiritual warfare. And I think when enough people wake up and they're so impassioned by it. That's where the spiritual component of humanity is so integral to this. They're so impassioned that they stand up and they say no more. And yeah. civil disobedience really is the genesis of the United States of America. That's why I have my beekeeper analogy. I, I think I have said it to you before, but I'll-, I'll Yeah, make hit me again. Um, <laughs> so, so they say, you know, the theory goes that when all the bees go that you know humanity will cease to exist and that's why the bees are so integral to life um and my theory is that america is like the beekeeper because when america falls so the world follows you can see this yeah. all around the world yeah no, i'm with you yeah. america and so i think it's incumbent on, upon the united states of america but mostly the people you know not the governments the people it is, you know, of the people, by the people, for the people. And it's incumbent upon the people to stand for the free will of humanity, to preserve the free will of humanity. So I think that, you know, when people really take hold of civil disobedience and they stand up and say, no more, it stops here. That's how the, you know, American Revolution was born. It was people saying, no more, we're not going to be trampled on. Unfortunately, what's happening yeah. now is another iteration, but none of it is new. Even the tactics, you know, they slap different labels on things, but none of it is really new. So I think people need to, yeah. that's why studying history is so important because then we can see these patterns and we can start to break them. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh... I feel like a lot of things are going to be revamped from this. Yeah. Uh, not curious. for everyone. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I'll tell you this, like, I, I just think the degree of go with the flow, send your kids to this school. Uh, oh, the government has our best interest. Trust the news. Like the degree of, whoa actually no for so many people i think is way higher yeah. now than than ever before mm -hmm. um and uh i i don't know i i'm just curious where i agree that it will be in america because we have some things set in place because of the way our states are because of the way our judicial system is and so i am i i have a lot of my eggs are in well 
All right, let me put it this way. <laughs> uh, my eggs are in the basket of our judicial system. Our judicial okay. system is one where if there is, and I say if, if there is integrity and they've, and mm-hmm. the rulings that so far seem to be logical and with integrity, you're, but I you're hope right. so. I mean, you know, we have the, 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 the latest ruling and we still haven't gotten an answer. So I'm. So, so yeah, my, my, my thought is like, you know, obviously the evildoers are going to do everything they can to, to make it not go. But ultimately our courts and our highest courts are either going to say that America is a just fair place and they're going to rule in that way. And then we're like, okay, we can, we can kind of go back. We we're on the right track or they're going to say that they're not going to rule in a just and honest and truthful and fair way. And then that means that our courts and our judicial system is corrupted. And then that just means that our entire system is corrupted and then forget about eggs in the basket. (laughs) Then we're ultimately my faith in is time to take the damn farm back. And that's just it. So that's, that's ultimately where I see it going is either the courts are going to say that we still are in a free and just and truthful and honest place, mm-hmm. or we are not. And if we're not, what are we talking about? Yeah. It's, you know, there's really no choice. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said about, you know, because of the way our system is designed, you know, I, I think you're alluding to our constitution. Uh, which is incredibly unique uh, in our 10th Amendment, certainly, you know, yeah. our state's rights. And I, that is really my hope as well, that, you know, it should be. But we have seen uh, many times throughout the history just of this country where uh, the Supreme Court did not honor states' rights and they violated the Constitution. Uh, and that's, uh, so that's really what so much is hinging upon right now. I, I think everything is really hinging upon that. And then, you know, from there, I'm with you. It's uh, it's really going to be up to the people to say this is this is not okay, and yeah. we need to honor our constitutional rights, and we need to honor the, you know, inalienable rights that that were inherent in our founding documents. You know, the Declaration of Independence. So, certainly. I'm with you. I, uh, you know, I've even like had the thought of running for a political position. I do think I will. I just don't know if it'll be 2022 or another year. Okay. Um, but my question, honestly, that I've been exploring is like, where is the greatest good? Because I don't want to like run for a position and then be in the mess. And, and, and could there be more work? Could there be more progress, more impact being outside of the system and, and doing it that way? And so that's what I'm going to be running with. Because I, I honestly was thinking this these last weeks of like running for an office, but my gut doesn't say that that is actually the way to big impact right now. So what do you, what, what do you think is a way to have impact and how do you see yourself a part of that? Influence, influence minds and bodies and human beings and change the tide that way. Um, and I don't like the word influence because that means like I have an agenda and I don't. My agenda is the truth. And so being just more of a vehicle for sharing that truth, sharing it through conversations, through sharing it through humor, sharing it through passion, sharing it through questions, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. um, but reaching more people and continuing to add to that tide of people that is growing. Yeah, well, well, you know, I, uh, you know, I have my uh, platform, Truth Matters, so I'm all yeah. about shining light on truth, you know, and that yeah. is. Ultimately, I think that no matter how much they tried to censor, how much they tried yeah. to, 
shut things down. They, they can't stop the truth from shining, right? That is so, you know, it's really encouraging. And, and I think it's something where like, um, I at least find comfort in that. It may take longer and it may be messy, but it, the truth really does come out. Yeah. You know? And so I think, I think what is encouraging or comforting, at least on some level, is that the truth is good. The truth is yeah, in favor of people. The truth is loving. The truth is supportive. It's oh, all this darkness and lies and evil that's really doing all the destruction. So come to the truth. Come to yeah. the truth. Absolutely. No, that, that, that is absolutely. I think part of the problem is, though, that people have been, so many people really have been brainwashed for so long. Um, and so many people have become so complacent and lazy that they don't dig for the truth. And so there, there's misinformation and disinformation on all sides, quite honestly. Um, and that just distracts people from being able to see the truth. So I think that, you know, what I was saying before, part of, so when you ask, like, what do I think is the, the solution? Where do I think we go? And I think a huge part of it, you know, part of the awakening has to be people connecting to their intuition and restoring critical thinking. So we've been seeped yeah. in critical theory for decades, generations, and the antidote to critical theory is critical thinking. So people need to couple critical thinking with intuition. We are not just analytical beings, we are intuitive beings. And it's, mm -hmm. it's the conjunction of the two that makes human beings so incredible. I think, you know, when I'm you- I'm with you. Right? When you use those- Yeah. We're unstoppable. And that's pro-life in every capacity. Yeah, the, um, it's really tough. You know, like, I, again, I, I try to like think about two of my good friends that are coming to mind. They're smart people. They're good-hearted people. They're hardworking people. They're critical people. Yeah. The thing is, is I again think that you know when they pick up their head from their lives, because let's call it like it is, we all have our lives. And mm -hmm. for a lot of us, the real devastation is happening over there, wherever over there means. It's it's like it's over there. It's okay. it's maybe it's a different country, maybe it's a different state, maybe it's a different business, maybe it's different kids. It's not your kids, you know. You got you know. So it's over there. So we don't really need to get into it. And the few times that they do pick up their head, they yeah. just poke out and they go, all right, CNN says there's 900,000 cases. All right, mask up everybody. And they go back to the thing. So right. there's really, it's only like picking up your head, listening to one or two trusted sources, trusted sources, and then going back. So I don't shame anybody for it, but what it really does take is us looking at different sources, asking questions and being open to that maybe the ones that we think are telling us the truth are not. So what does that mean? It means I need to do that too. Okay, Joe Rogan, are you really telling the truth? Russell Brand, are you really telling the truth? Project Veritas, are you really telling the truth? And then also then me look at some of these places that I don't care for, CNN and all these other ones and uh -huh. say, are you telling the truth? And <laughs> then me, Alex, decide who is telling the truth. And I just encourage people to do that and, and, and to not have a team, but just poke around a bit, just poke around and then you decide what makes more sense to you. Right. And maybe the truth isn't all in one place, right? Maybe we can start yeah. looking. That was part of my, uh, you know, my tweet yesterday was about how, you know, it's not all right. One person isn't going to have all the answers or all right. the, you know, wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe, and I, I wish people would start, stop looking at a person or a source and start looking at the information itself. 
Agreed. Right? Like if we can discern pieces Agreed. of this information, there's, there's aspects of that that resonate for me. There are aspects of that that don't. And look at the ideas, right? It wasn't Eleanor Roosevelt who I think said, you know, like petty mm. people uh, discuss people and- uh, Oh, right, right. right? So yeah. it's about ideas, really. And the ideas are what are influencing people, but people are looking to individuals or specific sources to give them all of the answers. So, yeah. but I have a question for you. What, so, so you're talking about truth and I, you know, very aligned with that message that that is my, you know, big message. Yeah. If I have a message, it really is about shining light on the truth. You know, I think conspiracy can only survive in the dark. So it is incumbent upon us to shine light on the conspiracies. I agree. And light on the corruption and to shine light on the truth wherever we find it. But what is truth to you? Truth to me, so what is that? Like, yeah. even, what is what is truth? Yeah. Truth is what is. Like, truth is what is. Truth does not care about you or me or red or blue or the date or what's going on in the world. It just, it just is, it just exists. And I, I just, truth is all, oh, here, these are going out. Oh. <laughs> right in here. That's truth. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear? We can pause. <laughs> okay. There we go. So, right. one pillar of my life has been brave honesty, which to me is bravely looking, courageously looking at the truth, because sometimes the truth, the truth is always in our best interest, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard, yeah. right? Sometimes it's thought I'd be farther along in life by now. I thought that relationship would keep going. And, and yeah. ultimately there's love in there. There's love in there, but we like bury it down or we disguise it because the truth is, is too much. And I think that that is what's going on in the world too, is we're, we're in this big gray area of these lies that we find some little comfort in, yeah. whether that's a mask or a mandate or a lockdown or arguing with people, we find some comfort in it, even though it's really not good for you or for me. Right. And we need to like get past that and then get to the real truth, which again is just what it is. It's, right. it's just, it's not up for debate. And for me personally, being that's just how I viewed life. I mean, we're a living creature on a planet with a soul inside of us. I mean, if we're going to use one thing as our North star for this existence, it's, it seems to be truth. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. What do you think are some of the biggest problems that are plaguing us? This is the one that I really get worked up with the most. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, one is false nobility and, yeah. two, and two is uh is the media yeah um, i'm with you on that <laughs> because you know our founders were like they had the the nobility act the anti-nobility act they were really against uh nobility what is that yeah. Um, well, because, you know, we rejected this notion. Oh, I say we are founders. I wasn't part of that. Um, but, you know, as, as a nation collectively, um, they were really uh, against the, um, you know, the, the nobility of, that they, of the United Kingdom that we 
we we parted ways from. Mm -hmm. um, but that you know, from the established order, it was this idea of the you know the monarchy. Um, but essentially, there's we have nobility that has creeped through in, in the under the guise of experts who have you know been uh, granted power through the uh, like administrative act of 1946, I believe it was. Um, and so they've been given these uh, commands and they really do have no noble authority over us that they shouldn't. And it was very clear in our founding documents that our founders did not want nepotism. They didn't want nobility. Um, they wanted it to be self-governance and of the people. So yeah. they've done it through this, uh, you know, with the, I'm trying to make this a terse, <laughs> uh, pithy when I'm not doing a very good job um, because it's so much to go through. But they through and really the administrative act of, uh, I believe it was 1946, was one of the key ways that they did do this. They gave so much power to these quote unquote experts that you see in our uh, what, what we call NGOs, which are the non-governmental organizations. And we, we all look to them and they are, they're running everything because they're, they are tied to our government officials. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, so basically you, you said, you know, what are the two or, or, or what do you yeah. think the biggest problems are? And, and, and just to like complete the thought, it's, the first one is false nobility, which I really am pretty fiery with. I'm pretty passionate with this because, uh, okay, there's false nobility like wearing a mask in an open park in sunlight and fresh air. Mm -hmm. If you are genuinely doing that with mm -hmm. no one 50 yards around you because you are fearful of this, oh. my heart breaks for you. A guy of a sister is very immune compromised. Very, not like immune compromised. Very immune compromised. Right, right. No, I, I, my mom. But if you're doing it for your actual health and wellness, I think you're just misinformed. Mm -hmm. But then there's people that I've seen who will do it in certain settings where it's, you know, people call it virtue signaling. Or I, I was going to say, that's really what you're alluding to is the virtue. Yeah, and, and I, why I'm fiery against that is I'll use this example. Okay. Oh my gosh, people might get Omicron. Okay. Mm -hmm. Before we unpack, what actually is that? I mean, right. pox is still a thing, right? Where you have these bumps and horrible things on your face and we all just do that. So like, okay, Omicron, before we unpack actually, what is this? How severe is this? All of that. Right. We just jump to fear and we cancel things. Okay, we cancel prom. We cancel these kids' seasons. We can, okay. When those kids commit suicide, that is on your hands. And that's where I very passionately am at a place of this blanket. We need to look out for everyone and do the right thing and cancel everything and sheathe ourselves and mask up and... Mm -hmm. the guys is that we're caring about people and doing it. And what I want to communicate is that possibly we are, but it's not without negative impacts. And those negative impacts are beginning to get so horrible that we really need to look at, should we be doing what we're doing? Right. And is it actually noble? Because there's people over here that maybe we're not advertising, we're not shining a light on, but they're dying. So that one is is very dear to me is people stopping thinking that they're a good person because they're doing these fearful measures. 
Yeah, so I'm curious why you call it false nobility instead of virtue signaling, because what you described really is the definition of virtue signaling. Why I do it is because I'm very, uh, this is like- about nobility, I, I was really thinking you meant like these people who we, we've idolized and put on a pedestal. That too, but part of this, but just to just answer that thing, part of this is that I try to not use language that we've been pre-programmed for. So if I say virtue signaling, people already have their definition and they're going to calibrate me and they're going to, so I try to like use language that we haven't already been conditioned to feel someone is red or blue or pro or anti because mm-hmm. it's a freaking head game. Yeah, no, I absolutely, we, we absolutely have been programmed and uh, th- there's a lot of words that have been inverted and weaponized. Um, you know, when you dig into the, this has been very, I, I'm sure you've read 1984, George Orwell, uh, the revolution will be complete when the language is perfected. Uh, mm. You know, they, the, uh, and, and I, I know you don't like to use, you know, left, right, you know, kind of terms, but the left, it really does come from cultural Marxism. When you dive into the history, yeah. and the philosophy, it does come from, you know, the, the, the Marxists and the communistic, the Fabian socialists, they're masters of inversion tactics and they're masters of weaponizing language. So I understand the, the yeah. programming. Um, and, you know, of course, it's been usurped and co-opted by um, part people who are definitely outside of our political system, without a doubt. I, I don't yeah. disagree with you. I there. always learn from you. I always learn. <laughs> I always learn from you. Uh, and the second one that I'll just say, because I'm curious your thoughts on it, is the media. And I see two archetypes in the media. I see one who genuinely believes everything that they're saying, and they feel like they are doing their journalistic duty by reporting it. Okay. I, I disagree with you, but I get it. Sure. Then there's this person who at some point in these last two years, two years, must know that what they're being told and what they are saying is not of character, is not actually good for people and humanity and human beings and journalistic integrity. But they wanna keep the job or they wanna keep their limelight. And so they're doing it anyways. And that second person, my heart breaks for your soul. Cause you're going to, you're going to have some dark moments and whether you had it or you're outrunning it. Um, but I think the biggest, one of the biggest evils that we're facing is the media because it's just so noisy and it's so in your face. And for a lot of people, it appears trustworthy. And that's why there's such a Trojan horse of darkness. Right. Uh, you know, I think it's the boomer generation. Walter Cronkite would never lie to you. I mean, right. Right, you know, and uh, that. that programming has become so so. Uh, it's taken such a stronghold, and you know now the media has uh, so much more power and influence than you know even in those times it did. Um, and I think it's become that much more dangerous, honestly. I and I do think it's become weaponized um, because of the power behind it. Right, the power behind it. We we have four uh, corporations that own like, you know, basically four media outlets, uh, right? So if there's, and they're being controlled by all of these def- different, mm-hmm. different, uh, you know, uh, I know what you call them, but I, I, I'm trying to think of a word that would be kinder, <laughs> but you know, they're, they're major engines, you know, like the big pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, like all these big global corporations that really run these insurance companies, 
that run the media. They, they fund the media. And so it's really four media outlets that are controlling everything and they're being funded by these, you know, huge consortiums that do not have humanity's interests in heart. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think another part of the problem, you know, you're talking about truth, right? Um, when we can't have competing narratives, how are people supposed to discern truth when, you know, the narrative that goes against the grain keeps getting shut down? And I know this first town, I have experienced lots of censorship personally, um, but, you know, I, it's not going to take me down because I believe, you know, keep shining light on the truth and, you know, that, that's my mission and I'm going to keep going <laughs> as long as I can. You're, you are a force for good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So As are I, you. And um, I hope we can keep doing these every now and again. Yeah, yeah. let's come back. We can make it a, <laughs> keep coming back and do it. I love it because I think we uncover so much more. Um, yeah. And I, I think we both learn so much. And I hope that, you know, other people are learning from us. And I really like that we come from very different perspectives. Um, you know, I think our journeys in this, we're, we're arriving at wanting to shine light on truth. So we have a common goal, a common mission, uh, but our path getting there has been very, very unique to each other. And I think that that's really uh, powerful for other people to see, right? I agree. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. And to anyone listening, doesn't matter your path, doesn't matter how you go, side turns, delays, express routes, just we're all heading there. So yeah. Um, your um, journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, thank you for doing this and uh, to be continued. So, be continued. Yeah. Courtney, thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, I will post all the links for everybody to find you if you want to share it again. Go for it. Yeah, of course. You know, the best ways. Uh, so, I'm Alex Weber, 1B and Weber on all the platforms and things. Please do. Uh, engage. It's awesome. I heard some messages from the last time I was with Courtney, so please do. Um, and I do speaking and I have a book. And uh, one thing that I'm very passionate about is I run a men's community uh, called Men We Admire, and that is becoming a very powerful force. Let's talk about uh, that next time. That Let's talk uh, more about that. I wanted to talk about that. And I, that's it's an army of good men. That's what we're building, an army of good men. We need good men. We need yeah. good, we need strong men, really, yeah. who aren't afraid to be strong men. Yeah. Us women need you guys. We need you. We're hey, it's a fighting that toxic masculinity. I want more of it. <laughs> I know it's a two-way street, and you know, I think I think some people forget that like um the ways that men and women it doesn't it's not we're saying that one is strong and one is weak, it's the ways that we show up in our strength is yeah. so beautiful and complimentary and uh you know, so we could definitely deep dive on that. I think that's awesome. I think that would be a really fun conversation. So, all right. Next time we have, we have it outlined already. <laughs> all right. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.